Today we're going to start with a review of the practice instructions. And this review will be uh, concluded tomorrow. A basic principle of this meditation that we do here is that it's a present tense activity. The mind is directed or invited to know the immediate present tense experience in its most simple visible form. A way to say this is that the mind is directed or invited to know what is happening from moment to moment. Resting in a kind of simple, receptive awareness that allows things to be as they are and to come and go as they will. In order to establish this awareness, we can start by remembering to come into the present. And then bring awareness to the body. The body sitting. So this can be skillful because we're turning to knowing the five sense doors as a starting point. So initially we may turn away from the mind door, not because we have anything against it or don't want to include it, but because the mind door is the seat of our identification and we're usually lost there. We're usually there and we're usually lost there. So it can be wise to start with the body, to really ground awareness in the body. Turning awareness towards the body with receptive interest, we could start with body sensations noting there is a body. And how is this body known right now? How is it speaking? We might know pressure on places of particularly dense sensation. We could know coolness or warmth. Tingling or pulsing. Pulling or stretching. 
Many different sensations can be known. And within this field of body sensations, there is the breath, the sensations of breathing. The mind can turn towards these particular sensations in particular and receive them as they arise and pass away with the in-breath and the out-breath. These sensations can be known in the body as a whole. The breath can be felt in the body as a whole. Known within the larger field of sensations or the mind can kind of zero in on the particular sensations of the breath at the abdomen or at the nostrils or perhaps in the chest rising and falling. And it can be useful to spend time with the breath if that's an accessible place for you in order to gather the mind, to give it a particular thing to know, to collect some mindfulness and concentration before opening to a broader field. Working with the breath can also calm the mind and body, create a sense of tranquility and well-being Another way the mind can collect attention and awareness is by resting with hearing, directing awareness towards the sensations of hearing, the experience at the sound door of hearing. The mind can actually get quite concentrated with hearing when it recognizes that it doesn't need to try to hear, that hearing happens all on its own without the need to do anything. Things come and go. Perhaps they're known. Perhaps there's perception there. Perhaps they're not known for being a particular thing, but just experienced. The other sense doors, in addition to body sensations and hearing, of course, are taste, smell, and seeing. And you may notice these. Perhaps there's an 
interior seeing of images or light. Not uncommon, especially with memories or fantasies, for there to be a kind of seeing. Perhaps there's smell, too. And taste. These two likely more subtle during the sitting meditation, but present. So we establish awareness, initial awareness, using the body when it's skillful. And from this establishment of awareness in the present, receptive with sensation, we can then open to other experience. We can open to feeling tone, Vedana. This quality of pleasantness or unpleasantness or neither pleasant nor unpleasant that accompanies every mind moment, every experience, but which is usually visible most easily when it's strong. Sometimes that's what comes up most strongly and is most easily seen when the mind is present. This Vedana or feeling tone is important to know because if it's unseen, especially when it's strong, the mind can easily get sucked into craving or greed when it's present, pleasant, or aversion when it's unpleasant, or into delusion when it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. If that happens, then of course that's the arising of a hindrance, probably a strong hindrance if the Vedana is strong and not seen. So it's good to see this because if it's seen, it becomes an object of awareness and we don't necessarily take the full hindrance ride into loss of mindfulness. We can also know at the mind door the arising of thoughts and emotions. So much of our awareness is usually bound up in thought, almost to the exclusion of anything else. Here we can learn to know thought 
as an arising experience, as something which can be known instead of something that we're lost in or identified with. There are a lot of different ways to work with thoughts. Bonte gave a whole talk about it. Joseph has touched on it. Thoughts arise from the mind like bile (laughs) arises from the body. It's just a natural secretion. (laughs) The point of meditation isn't to completely suppress all thought. Although you may have moments when thought ceases, which can be delightful, although perhaps a little bit freaky the first time it happens. Thoughts can be sorted into categories. Ah, this is planning. Or this is remembering. Or this is fantasizing. This is anger. This is aspiration. This is metta. This is papancha. This is spinning. This is doubt. This is wisdom. And we can note thoughts in that kind of way when we catch them. And thoughts too have a Vedana. Strongly pleasant thoughts are often linked to fantasy and the desire to keep thinking them. Unpleasant thoughts too, forms of aversion the desire to attack something or flee it. We can often, in repetitive patterns of thought, find an emotion accompanying the thought. Oh, this is anger. Course. Or this is wanting, of course. Of course. This is doubt, the most seductive. And if there is a strong emotion bound up in the thought pattern, A really skillful way to work with it is to drop the thoughts 
or turn awareness away from the thoughts and instead turn awareness directly towards the body. Back to the sensations of the body and invite the knowing of the emotion in the body. These angry thoughts, what do they feel like in the body? What is it? Tightening? Heat? Throbbing? Energy? Is it unpleasant? Is it pleasant? Is it getting stronger? Is it getting weaker? Is the primary sensation in just one place or in multiple places in turn? How would you describe that? Does it set off other thinking? Is it not wanting? Not wanting? I won't. I can't. We can watch these cycles, these difficult cycles in this way, watching them arise in relationship to probably some initially strong Vedana, come into existence, sometimes like a mushroom cloud, have a lot of rain and thunder and lightning. And then just like a storm, gradually break apart and pass away. The mind can also know moods, perhaps not as easily visible as strong emotions, but kind of a background coloration that affects the attitude towards what's going on. Oh, this is resistance. This is resolve. This is compassion. This is dullness. This is a a hindrance. This is one of the seven factors of enlightenment. It's energy. This is knowing the dhammas or knowing the dharmas when we have experiences in practice that the mind spontaneously links to the Buddha's template, 
his explanation of things and how they work in the lists. This is the fourth foundation of mindfulness. And again, in the overview of this process, the mind will wander into unknowingness, spaced out, either lost in sort of a generic cloud of unknowing, or sucked into a hindrance. And when awareness returns, this is a key moment of practice. Because the return of mindfulness is a very good thing. Can the mind be kind when it realizes it's been gone? provide from the inside whatever reassurance or encouragement is necessary to make effort again, to summon this present tense awareness and maintain it. Maintain it in the present in an interested and compassionate way, receptive. Allowing whatever is present to be known as it is. Allowing, noticing with interest and care the way life manifests in us. gradually extending our awareness to the full range of what we as humans can directly know. Can we be conscious and present for all of it? Just by learning to attend to the present consistently in the same way over and over again.
happy autumn. It's here. So just to touch for a moment on the instructions, this would be a really good point in the retreat to do an instruction check-in with your teacher. You know, just to... And I I know this happens uh, on an ongoing basis in the meetings that we have with you, but we've only got 15 minutes, so a lot lot gets covered in that. Uh, But it's really clear to have the practice principles... Uh, well-established in the mind because otherwise you can spend a lot of time uh, swirling around doing different things. Uh, And it's not an unusual thing to find a student who's been practicing for 5, 10, 15, even 20 years um, who has a fundamental misunderstanding of something that's kind of important. So... It's good to get a foundation of clarity in this respect because the mind has its habits and it tends to go the way that it's conditioned to go. So we'll be continuing with this uh, tomorrow, this review. And it does occur to me that we really haven't said very much about walking meditation instructions here. I I can only remember one set of instructions being given in the hall as a whole. So maybe that's something else that we need to kind of go over again, huh? Because there's a lot of different ways you can do that practice as well. Are there any practice questions? Yes. So that was a, a comment about working with an uh, aging body and uh, its aches and pains and uh, finding it difficult to find a place to easily collect the mind using body sensations because there's so much going on that's uh, unpleasant, uh, painful, and difficult. So... A basic principle is if you're looking for uh, a collecting point for awareness, you want to find something that's at least neutral Vedana, if not somewhere what pleasant. So one of the suggestions might be uh, consider hearing. 
as a as a way to establish that collectedness of um, of mind, and the mind can get very concentrated with sound, quite concentrated. It starts to uh, become less. Oh, that's hearing of a truck going by, and more of a pure experience of sound, and then a, a breaking down even of the sound into smaller experiences of alternating, fluctuating tones. So that's kind of an example of how awareness can collect and concentration can develop around hearing, just by uh, turning to that and uh, being really receptive and, and interested, attending there. Awareness of the aging of the body, of course, is awareness of dukkha, so the awareness of the first noble truth. So there's a couple of different things that are that are going on, which is the unpleasantness of that realization, <laughs> and then seeing that the experiences, the particular experiences of of pain, are dukkha. And you know each each one of those experiences as they arise and become predominant, if the mind is well balanced, can be open to as unpleasant body sensation as pain. And and Bonte talked in great detail about working with particular pain, but an important piece of that would be to really notice the thoughts around it and what the tone of the thoughts are the Vedan of the thoughts, because it could be something like, and I can relate to the knee, believe me, so it could be one of those uh, sitting, being aware that there's body pain, various places in the body, the thought arising, man, this, this, man, <laughs> this, is, this is a mess, my body's a mess, you know, it's nothing but pain. You know, it, it would be important to really note those thoughts that this is this is fear, maybe. This is aversion. This is not wanting. This is projecting into the future. This is, where's it going from here? It can only get worse. You know, to really see those, those fears clearly. And if there's a strong body resonance to actually turn with a compassionate awareness towards the fear. Because that's really bound up with the knowledge that there's body pain um, and there's dukkha. Because very often if we don't see that attitude, the mind is taking towards things, that background emotional state. The mind, when it goes to the pain, is going to it with a, a hindrance, a strong hindrance. Right? It's going with fear to that. Well, so those are some of the principles. So, it, it, establishing some sense of balance in the mind and safety in the mind would be important too. If you're having like a long run of this kind of thing, that's making it difficult to observe. So I would really incline the mind towards doing some metta practice, for instance, if that's a practice the mind relates to, or if it can't get. Um, happy with the thoughts of well-being when you know the body is, you know, <laughs> heading for the last round up, you know, if that's what's, what's there, then can you do compassion meditation, right? Can you apply compassion? Can you maybe broaden the experience that you're having to, oh, 
This is what bodies do, and it's not just mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, here's a that was a question about thought and working with thought and particularly a particular kind of thought that didn't seem to have any big charge, emotional charge with it. She couldn't really identify that in particular. It sounds like there wasn't any particularly strong Vedana or feeling tone with it either how to work with that. And she said, you know, is it okay just to, you know, watch it arise and pass away and then whatever is predominant next to be with? Yeah. So the question was around, well, how, how, um, how far to go, you know, digging for something underneath it? And the answer, generally speaking, is if mindfulness is established, you don't need to go digging at all. <laughs> as a general principle. So it's what's on top and uh, visible what's predominant, right? So we don't need to get, you know, because the mind easily turns to psychological investigation of the more familiar variety with some of this stuff, you know? Like it, it tends to go into the why is this happening? Uh, you know, am I always planning because my father was a, you know, uh, urban planner and, you know, he's always like very, you know, obsessive about getting everything, you know, ready and there's kind of, you know, maybe I inherited that, you know, poncha. <laughs> okay, we have to stop now. We do have a couple of uh, announcements. Uh, 3.30, uh, there'll be a guided meta sitting here. And metta is very good for the mind and the practice. Um, the other announcement is, I know we've been telling you this for a while, but construction is going to start. <laughs> <laughs> we've been in the eternal now of construction being pending, waiting, 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 maybe a little worrying, worrying, worrying. So soon we're going to have shoe dropping, shoe dropping, shoe dropping. It's actually going to happen. So it'll be, whether it happens today or tomorrow or the day after, we, we're all in the present, right? So we know not, but when it, when it does happen, it's going to be a really interesting experience. So see if the mind can take it as an interesting experience and, and watch what it does. Watch what it does. Watch the Vedana, watch where, what the mind does. So have a, I would say, wonderful day of practice. However that wonderful is, fun or not so fun, pleasant or unpleasant, 
filled with joy, filled with resistance, however it is, take your seat. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.